Welcome to The Clinical Entrepreneur, a business podcast that's dedicated to healthcare practitioners just like you who are hustling every day to build a business and a life you're proud of. Join me, Rhonda Nelson, as I share my own experiences and extract actionable advice from industry experts about what it takes to build and scale a profitable wellness practice. Well, hey, friends. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. It's Rhonda, and uh, I got a great episode for you today. Thank you so much to all of you who are super loyal listeners. Um, Be sure you share the podcast with your clinical friends and people that you think might really benefit from this information. We've had a few, you know, hot topics of late, and uh, I want to let you peek in today or listen in on uh, an interview that I had with my friend Liz Ortiz. She is uh, has a bookkeeping company. And I am such a fan and very passionate about taking the role, really the key driving role in your business and managing your finances well. Because what we do is we stay in our lane being clinician and we want to serve people and help people. And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll just wait and I'll get it all ready for my tax person at the end of the year. Then the end of the year comes, you had a big tax bill and you're like, I didn't make any money. And it just is a snowball that goes nowhere. So we want to make sure that you've got everything that you need to be able to really control your finances, know where you're at how you can optimize your profit, how you can afford to pay for someone uh, to help you with your bookkeeping and make the changes that you need to make so that you can move from just barely surviving or, you know, having enough and maybe you live comfortably, but you really want to scale up, manage that wealth, plan for the future, get that retirement that really requires that you have someone that helps you be able to identify where you can optimize your profit and so on. So anyway, I won't give it all away. Listen in right now to my conversation with Liz Ortiz. Man, she is so good. You are not going to want to miss the tips that she has in this interview right here. So here she is. This is my conversation with Liz Ortiz. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have my friend Liz Ortiz, who is a bookkeeper extraordinaire. She loves working with small businesses And I can't wait for you to meet her. Liz, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Rhonda. Super excited to come hang out with you and your crew today. Yeah, we are quite the crew. Uh, We are definitely a crew. I love this topic about like finances and business because it's very often overlooked. And I know that you have your own business. Uh, Kim, would you tell me Kim Bookkeeping? Yeah, Kim (laughs) Business Solutions. I got it wrong. K-E-M. Uh, but I know from being a small business owner myself and learning the hard way that ignoring your bookkeeping is never a good idea. So I wanted to have you on so that we could talk about why it's so important to take very good care and pay attention to your financial situation. But I'll let you start. So first, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into this world of nerdy bookkeeping. And Um, yeah, so give us a whole story. Well, fun story is I'm the youngest of five. And um, I used to think my mom used to tell us to go look at the classifieds to help her um, look for a job. And I I loved reading. So I always wanted to like, mom, why can't you be a bookkeeper? And she was just like, that's not even where I want. She was in the hospitality industry. And I always wanted to be a bookkeeper because I thought you got to read the books and keep them. Like, I thought that's what the concept was. Um, but it wasn't. <laughs> no, but, you no, know, no. Fast forward, yeah. fast forward years later, I own a bookkeeping firm. Um, 
But it, I feel like it all started back in the day when I started looking at the class, classified saying, I want to be a bookkeeper because I want to keep all the books. So I got to keep the books, just not the same kind of books. Not the reading um, books, the number books. The number books. Yeah. And I yeah. and I absolutely love it. And what, what is it not, that you love? I'll say that. Yeah. Why? Why? Um, I'll tell you the one thing that's super um, interesting is to be able to see information and say, hey, I bet if we tweak this line item, you're going to be more profitable. Yay. And so being able to insight of like, um, I think everybody focuses on like, oh my gosh, the big picture. And I'm like, sometimes you need to be able to zoom in to make these adjustments and these tweaks to then be able to stand out and say, yeah, now that's working. And so um, I thought that was intuitive. I thought that came naturally to everybody. And then I realized, oh, that's kind of special. Okay, great. So let's kind of, you know, work on that and, and sort of share that knowledge with everybody. So that's what we do. And I think I love that you say about zooming in on like one or two things and trying to optimize that because we know that, well, I can tell you from my own experience and working with so many clinicians is that the one number that everybody wants to look at is on the profit and loss. And it's a very bottom line that says net profit. And so the net profit might say $10,000, but you look in your bank account and there's not $10,000 in there. There's $500 in there. And you're thinking, what happened? How did I make $10,000 on paper, but I don't have $10,000 in my bank account? And that's where a bookkeeper or a financial professional like yourself can start to help us understand what the difference is between like seeing that net profit number and then understanding how the money moves between a profit and loss and then a balance sheet. And also, again, to your point about how we can get in, dive in and tweak those numbers so that we can be more profitable, because at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. And I think a lot of business owners, you probably see this across all industries. You don't realize all the holes you have in your bucket. No, you you don't. And you'll never know if you don't look at it except for one time at Boom. the end of the year. Boom, season. right there. So, there it is. Um, so I feel like a lot, we leave a lot of money on the table because of a couple of reasons. One, we're not monitoring it. We're not looking at it. Right. It's not important. Um, and two, because we're running our businesses thinking about tax time, tax time, tax time. Mm -hmm. And you want to run your business because you want to be profitable now. Right. I don't think any of us were like, oh, today I feel like going out and paying the tax person. So that's why I'm going to see a bunch of clients or patients. Yeah. So Keep, kept keeping that in mind. Why did I start my business? Well, I would like to retire and I would like to whatever it is. Well, yeah. then that's why you want to run your business, right? Because you want to find ways to keep that money in your pocket, deferred or find other investment opportunities. But how does it come back to you? Right, right. And I think sometimes for practitioners anyway, because we always want to serve and help and it's really easy to say, oh, you know, I'll just give you a discount or, oh, I'll just see you for free or, oh, let's just do a Groupon or let's just, I'll see the whole family for this price of what, like, it's so easy because what we want to do is just help people all the time, but without realizing that who you're hurting in that is not only yourself by the loss of revenue. So you're kind of working for like less than what you should be but you're also hurting right. the patient because you're not help, helping them come to the table and pay for the service that they're getting. So that's another side conversation. But what would you say to someone who is, what do you think is the most important thing that a business owner needs to do or start with right away to begin to get control of their finances, their bookkeeping? Well, the first thing is you definitely need to get 
organized. So it, nobody's going to be able to magically sweep in and find out all the accounts that you have and all the credit card or any of that stuff. So you need to at least give somebody or gather the information of, you know, where are my bank statements? Where are my banking? Where Where's my money? Um, yeah. Whether I quit or whether I'm earning it, where is it being kept and stored? Um, so definitely getting organized um, and creating or uh, having a cloud-based receipt system. So receipts are still something that totally matter. Um, and everyone disregards them. But those things, you know, if you got audited, the IRS is not going to accept a credit card statement. It's right. just not. I think we think that we think in terms of, oh, my gosh, we're in this century. And, you know, like, why doesn't that IRS. Well, the IRS is so far behind. We can't even expect them to be in this day and age. So they're still in like, I want to see a receipt. So how do we provide that information? We we kind of we we want to make sure we have that cloud storage. But yeah, you want to get organized. Find out where the heck you're banking, where your credit cards are, where all that stuff. Put it all together. And then you need to decide, am I tackling this by myself or am I bringing somebody to help me with this? Right. Um, and being honest about that, too. I think that um, it's there's a little bit of shame that goes in in there with like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to bare my soul to somebody. It's so um, true. And, yeah. So true. Yeah. It's there's, a moment of vulnerability. And there's sure. some embarrassment, you know, we, we don't take care of our finances and then we're embarrassed about it. And I, you know, I've told the story so many times that at one point I didn't pay my payroll taxes for a whole year and the IRS came knocking and I hid under my desk when the IRS agent came, I did oh, it. Wow. And I was, three quarters of a million dollars in debt because I opened a business. There were some things that I didn't predict. I wasn't funded. Well, I was now running two businesses and I had all this startup business overhead and, and it was awful. It was just awful. I was almost, almost $750,000 in debt at the end of the day. And it was so embarrassing, like just to have to own that I made a huge mistake. And that was the moment when I realized like, Oh, I really do need somebody to help me. And when I kind of stuck my head up out from underneath the desk and raised my hand like, oh, I need some help here. It was the most freeing thing because then I could give it to someone and say, okay, here's my really big messiness. And I know you know how to fix this. So I just need your help to fix this so I don't get back in a messy situation again. And that was how I ended up being able to pay off all that debt. Um, so I get it. There is some shame and some embarrassment, but there really isn't anything for someone like you. If someone hands you a shoebox full of receipts, what do you say? Okay. I definitely don't accept that part. <laughs> okay. But if it's a mess, but, let's, let's rephrase we, that. If it's a yeah. mess, what do you, you go like, <gasps> that's what we do. That's why we exist exactly. truthfully. Exactly. Um, but, but I think if, if a practitioner like, or a clinician like you guys service, um, if you guys saw a patient that came in with all the problems, I'm pretty sure you guys are not going to shame them before you help them. Totally. And so that's the exact same principle in our industry. We're not, our goal is not to shame you and say, you should have done blah, blah, blah. It's just like, okay, well, here's where we are right now. How do we get to a point where we can move on and get really good data to then start tweaking it and make it better? So the goal is to always improve, right? I'm pretty sure most of your audience has already read Atomic Habits. If they haven't, it's, it's definitely so a great. Yep. Uh, but that was bit. You just have to tweak a little bit just to make small adjustments and they're going to, you know, incrementally make a huge impact. So your first step is to bring everything together, collect all the data, like get it all together, get organized, know where your bank statements are, credit card, most recent credit card statements. What do you recommend for uh, uh, cloud storage of receipts? What's your, so, what's your strategy there? Yeah. So um, 
if you're going to go this route and you're thinking, I'm going to actually have an accounting software, then QuickBooks already provides that, that cloud storage for you. So you download the app, you take a picture when you go out to lunch, which is usually probably the majority of the receipts that we have are probably meals. Mm -hmm. um, or when you go out to dinner, you take a picture and it allows you to do it. If you don't do it that way, you have a couple ways that you could, you know, take a picture of their seat, email it to yourself, save it to your Google Drive. You'll eventually, you know, call it restaurants or whatever it is. Um, but that's one way. If, you, if you're a Google Cloud lover or Google Drive lover, you can, you know, email it to yourself. You can save it on the drive. But if you're having an accounting software, that's probably the best spot to, to, uh, to add it in because you drop in the receipt and matches it to the original transaction and boom, you're, you're golden. If you're ever curious what the heck you did, you go find and you find the source document right there. So nice. That's such a great way to do it because then it is all organized. So whatever system you use, just be consistent with that system. That's the best thing to do. We say yeah. we're going to be wrong. Let's at least be consistently wrong. So let's <laughs> follow our, our breadcrumbs. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, now we got everything organized. Now what's next? Then we want to run our business to be profitable. So we're not running our business to worry about tax. Tax is like an annual thing, and that's not necessarily where our focus is. So we want to get organized, put that data in a, in a accounting software. We recommend QuickBooks Online. Um, and you want to get it there so that we can see what it looks like and we can look at that profit and loss statement, which essentially here's the money that came in, here's the money that went out. Right. And we want to see that because we want to see the buckets where money came from and we want to see the buckets that we put the money out. And that gets us some really good meaty data. So what do you think is the number one thing where money leaks out of a business account? Like where would you, where do you go first? If you had a practitioner, if I came to you and said, you know, Liz, I'm just like working my butt off. I'm seeing so many people. I'm getting lots of money in my bank account, but it's like gone at the end of the month. And I don't, I don't have, well, where did it go? I don't even know. And I can't pay myself what I want to pay myself. And what would be the, where would be the first couple of places you might look for like a leaking bucket, so to speak? So the first one with clinicians, they're so good about getting the next best deal. Like I can get, you know, I can get two vials of this, but they've got a discount if I get 10 vials. So I'm going to buy the 10 vials, <laughs> although I have nobody that's going to buy the 10 vials, but I got a discount. So I'm going to go buy them. And so we have all of our, you know, medical supplies or purchases are skyrocketed and it doesn't match. And we're like, oh yeah, but we have them in here. Well, the idea is not to have an inventory of, you know, medications or whatever. We want to be able to turn them quickly, especially because there are so many vendors that can get you a delivery within a day, within two days. Right. So there's no real need for you to have and incur this major expense. So don't look at the discount only to make that purchase. Or sometimes it's with equipment. You bought a brand new equipment, you're paying off that one. Equipment still looks great and they come in with this great new deal for you. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we like shiny uh, shiny things. And so totally. I try, trying to just make sure that um, we stay focused. So that's one spot. The other part, especially for solopreneurs. And this is going to be a secret, but we think that when we commingle our funds, when we use it for our personal benefit, that we're doing the business a service, right? Because we haven't paid ourselves, but we've essentially been using the business money continuously. Yeah. And then we didn't take the money that we needed. So then when we're ready to actually pay our bills, we're like, hey, we don't have money to pay our bills. The company's not paying me money. Yeah. And so then when we look at that net income and it says, hey, this is how much net income we made. And I show them, yeah, and this is how you took it. 
you didn't take it in like, you know, regular quarterly or, you know, biweekly payments to make right. it a payroll. You just had to go shopping, you know, you went to Nordstrom's and you went here and you went there and here's where all the money went. And that's the real big eye opener for most of my, yeah. my business owners we get to that moment. And that's when they say, oh, then what's the best way? And what we try to do is like, listen, we clearly know you need this much money, but you're going to need to make a little bit of an adjustment for just a couple of months to be able to get something in good standing. And then we can start you with a cycle of how you're going to get paid. Right. Um, like every two weeks, like a regular paycheck or a draw exactly. or a combination of both where you're exactly. the owner of the business is literally getting paid on a regular amount all every whatever in the in the predictable inter, interval so that the owner gets paid first and the rest of the business expenses go after that. Because if we wait till what's left over, money goes. If you've got money, it's going to go. It's like water. It's going to go. You're going to find a place for it to go. It's like time. If you don't make a plan for your time, it's going to go all over the place and you're yeah. not going to get anything really. Yeah. So the same th same rules apply to your money. But I think that those, if I had to say, where are my two... Um, my two big areas, those would be my two huge areas. And I, I love um, that you said discounts. Cause I'll, let me say this too. Sometimes we think, oh, well, if I buy 10 bottles, I get an extra, you know, cause we do, we deal in like herbs and other nutritional supplements, mm -hmm. right? So we're not dealing with medication as much, but same idea. We think, oh, there's a discount. If I buy like 10 or more bottles, I get an extra 10%. Well, okay, you can do that, but that 10 or more bottles might be, let's say it's $650 and you don't have enough. You're going to put it on a credit card because you want your points, your mileage, yep. got to get the points. And so we get yes. the points, but then something comes up and then you don't pay the credit card off. Now your discount just got eaten up and then some on the credit yep. card with the interest at 20, whatever percent. And there went your discount. Now you got inventory. And you got a credit card bill that you didn't pay. I mean, the discount, don't ever go for that. Don't fall for the discounts. Just exactly. buy what you need. So that was my additional, you know, two cents on that. Buy what you need. Don't overbuy. And it's so easy, by the way, these sales reps do a remarkable job at trying to get you to buy the shiny new thing or get you the mm -hmm. new deal. So, I mean, if you do it, just, just know that your sales rep is doing an amazing job. Yeah. <laughs> what we're trying exactly. to do now is sort of rate yeah. it in and say, you're doing such a great job, but... Um, I think when you have a team member or when you're in that process of looking at your financials and that step two of like, you know, if I'm looking at my financials on a monthly basis, which is probably the best uh, time frame to look at it, if I'm looking at it, because it gives you a really good picture, um, what what am I seeing? What information? And this is the part where you have to have like a really honest conversation with yourself. Am I even equipped to understand what I'm looking at? Yeah. And it's OK so if you're true. not. Yeah. But that's what needs to happen is that honest conversation of saying, I think I need help. And then maybe somebody can start training me on what I'm reading and what it means, how to interpret it, how to apply it to myself, and then how to start making these adjustments. And then at some point I might decide, okay, great. I feel confident enough that I'm taking it over again. Yeah. Um, but that's where the commitment and that, that honesty has to come into play to say, okay, these are some things that can be done, but what else? you know, what else can I do for myself? Because we want you to succeed and you want to succeed. Yes. And then it's also knowing like where your lane is, mm -hmm. but stay in your sure. lanes. All of y'all listening, like you are clinicians. You are not a bookkeeper. This is not your lane. 
And this is something that I really believe we should all be delegating out because it just takes you away from the ability to generate revenue in your lane as a clinician when you're spending your nights or your, you know, five days straight at the end of the year trying to like duct tape your finances together for Uncle Sam when you could have just been paying a little bit every month to someone who's trained like you, Liz, like your company, someone who's trained and can do it in a snap, get you good numbers, and then you can run your business because you can see, oh, I am not making enough money in this particular area, like my supplements or my my fees. I can see my overhead is too high for what I'm charging. I either need to decrease my overhead or increase my income. But you don't know that if you don't have the good numbers coming out. So this is why I I love this conversation because it's what we don't think about. You have to understand the language of what you're seeing in order to make those good decisions moving forward. I think we all go into business thinking like we're so passionate about what we're doing and who we're serving that sometimes the business side doesn't come naturally. And that's a-okay. I wish there was like a billboard that just kept, you know, reminding you it is totally okay to not know. But if you don't know, you will not know what you don't know. So don't try to dabble in it. Yeah. Like try to try to bring somebody in and say, I don't know this part. I'm hoping you can help me. And and really what you're looking for when you're trying to hire out a team member, um, this is just a bonus tip out there, is you want to find out if you want somebody that's transactional or somebody that's relationship-based. Mm-hmm. And so a transactional right. person is somebody that, that'll grab your information, literally do the plug and, you know, like the data entry, will reconcile it, and then you get your financial statements every once a month. But they don't necessarily are looking for the dialogue and the conversation. And somebody that's more into the relationship basis will, will do that part of it and then say, hey, let's talk about this so you understand what this all means, how it applies to your business. And then we start that dialogue about what's a good strategy to implement to get you into feeling better and getting comfortable and having this business work for you the way you originally intended it to be. And so I'm, I, I know you enough to know, Liz, that you are the relational person, that what's important to you is not just regurgitating back a set of financial statements to the doctor, like reconciling receipts and making sure the bank accounts all reconciled, the credit card statements reconciled, all that stuff's done. And then you go, okay, here's your reports for the month. That's it. That's not what you're after. What you're, what you want to do is start a dialogue with the clinician to say, okay, here's what I'm seeing. Tell me, let's talk about your pay. Let's talk about this expense. Help me understand this because I think we might be able to adjust a few things back to what you said originally to improve profitability, right? Because we're making those subtle little tweaks. And I, this is why I appreciate so much what you do because you are, in my opinion, a bit of a rare breed because most bookkeepers are just transactional. They're not relational. relational and that's what I do love about you. Oh, awesome. Well, yeah, I think that that's really true. Um, And I think too, you really can't, every one of us has totally different goals and started our business and have different metrics on how we measure our success. Yeah. So kind of like listening to you, what do you want to do? What do you envision? And then how do we make that a reality? And how do we then as a unbiased third party stand here and say, well, you told me originally you wanted to get this done but your habits are doing this. So Uh let's have that honest conversation that you're probably not going to want and say, which one, which one do you want to do? You want to do this habit, which is fine if that's what you want to do, but that means you're not going to reach this goal. So do we need to, you know, rework the goals that you said you wanted? And so sometimes having those conversations are like those eye-opening, like, 
dang, somebody's calling out on me out of my crap. And so mm-hmm. now, okay. and I, I okay. think too, to that, Liz, it's accountability. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Especially because like I said, we get to the point where we're like, if this doctor or this client does not call me back, they, we are creatures of habit, whether we think we're so dynamic or not. And literally you will go and you might not know this, that every third Wednesday you end up at the same restaurant or every, you know, whatever. So, so I'm just like, I'll, I'll sometimes send an email that says, if you don't want me to find you at the steakhouse on this day at this time, you better answer my email. And they're like, okay, that was cool. So I'm going to answer. That's and a little so- creepy. She's scoping me out. I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> But that's what, that's the kind of information we end up getting. And we're like, Hey, this is the detail level. And we want, I think one of the things that we struggle with is we care so much about making sure clients grow and that their business is doing what needs to happen for their business that we care almost a little too much. So now we're at the point like, okay, I can't care more than you about your business, but I'm going to push you to the border where you have to tell me it's my business back off. And then I'm like, okay, great. So he got the picture. No problem. (laughs) Okay. So now we've got, we've got our books kind of, we know where we got to go. And let's just say we now have someone that we're working with. That's relational. We've established that that's a criteria. Someone's going to hold us accountable and educate us about how to really be in control of your finances, how to learn a language that you don't know. And it's okay that you don't know it. You didn't know how to be a chiropractor before you went to chiropractic school either. You didn't know that language. So we're just learning a new language. That's a needed language. If you're going to own and run a business. So now that we have that, then what are some things that we can do to protect profit? Ooh, that's a good one. So I think I always say the first thing you want to do is evaluate. So you literally go through each line item and find out is that subscriptions is a key component here. So yeah. you go to subscriptions, and it's usually the place where most people are spending their money and they're like, oh, it was on a trial. And I just forgot. I thought the trial ended and you forgot to, to cancel a cancellation, uh, yeah. cancel a subscription. Yeah. Or it's something like, um, oh, we used to have that, but we migrated to this and forgot to cancel this one. Uh-huh. And so subscriptions is usually the one area where we like hold in and we're like, stop, stop. Number one is this. The second stop we usually see is um, professional development or education. Yeah. Because we love buying workshops. We love courses. buying courses. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But, but hardly ever have I spoken to any business owner that has completed the course. I know. Some of them have not even started the course. It's so true. So I, so they, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not taking digs on course creators because I think that it's marvelous that they exist and that they help us. But you again have to be introspective and say, is that really the best way I learn? Because if it's not the best way I learn, then I'm going to save my pennies and I'm going to go to an in-person seminar because that might be the best way to learn. Or maybe I'm not even ready to learn that. Maybe I need to just outsource that for a moment and see how that that relationship works. So right. that's sort of where where we kind of go. Um, the third category is sometimes we get a little overzealous and we want to outsource everything. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to hire somebody to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to make sure I hire somebody to do that. So that's sometimes the area where we come back and we're like, yes, and that's going to be a goal. We'll add that to our top three wish list. That's what we have. Uh, top three wish list is what we do with our clients and where we say, what are the top three things you want to accomplish this year? And we'll add those items to that. So we can't quite afford all of that. So we're going to do a top three wish list. Yeah. So going into that category. And finding like, okay, that's a goal. Not quite there yet. Yeah. But like, what can we in house and what can we still do? Um, 
And so those are the areas that we kind of go in and we're like, hey, let's let's trim the fat around here to sort of figure out what we really need. And sometimes it's automation. Sometimes we're paying, if we do have a team member, we're paying them and they're, you know, they're really doing a whole lot of stuff that can be done with automation. So finding the best thing. And so when we say first you evaluate, find out what can be trimmed, what can be let go, then Step two is what can we automate? What in our process can we find a really good automation tool? And you still need a person to evaluate and make sure that the automation is happening the way it's supposed to, but you want to automate. And then the third part is you want to finally delegate. You want to be able to say, this this is not my strength. This is where I need help. Right. Those are all such good tips about, you know, really getting in. And that's kind of the fine tune you're talking about. We were talking about earlier, like just fine tuning the dials and looking at those expenses and saying, where am I either being frivolous or meals and entertainment? That's always a big one. Like, yeah, I know. Right. Don't even get me started. You know, we eat out, we eat out, we eat out and it's fine. If it's a legit business expense and you can, you know, you can confirm that it's legit, that's fine. But every time you eat out, you know, you're just taking your profit and it's going into your belly. And so you just have to think about that. Not that that's a bad thing, but looking at those kinds of expenses is so important, but you don't, you can't look at them if you can't see them. And so when you look at them on black, black and white on a piece of paper or on the screen where you see meals and entertainment as an expense item, and it says $3,000 for the month or $5,000. So you're like, Oh, oh my gosh, because you just go on stupid and blind. And we just like, Oh yeah. Lunch on me, lunch on me, lunch on me. You know, I'll take the whole, everybody out for lunch or whatever. Before you know it, you're $3,000 down. And that, you know, a half or more of that could have been in your personal account rather than in your stomach. So one of the reports, if anybody here listening already has a bookkeeper, one of the reports that I definitely recommend you have them share with you is your profit and loss in terms of percentage of income. So that'll show you what percentage of your income went to these categories. And you'll start realizing by those metrics where some of them get out of hand. So Make, pay attention to anything that's over the 5% mark. And you're going to start saying, I didn't think I was spending that much money there. So sometimes in dollars, we're a little more like, oh, that's only $500. Oh, that's only Correct. this. And we're a little dismissive. About that. But yeah. then when we start looking at in percentage of our income and we're like, wait, 12% of my income went to meals and entertainment. Like, oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Then it starts making like a bigger impact. Um, And I did want to say this one other category that's kind of like a, a, a fun category for some practitioners and it's uniforms because, you know, they might wear a lab coat, but they want to wear the nice, you know, designer clothing and designer whatever. Logos, (laughs) all the thing on the shirt. Yeah. All the things. So as long as it's branded, it is a uniform expense, but if it's not branded and you went to the black white market and got yourself this beautiful black top, that's not a uniform expense. That is totally something you can wear. Um, and so just dropping that in here for anybody that's looking to go shopping now for yeah. the spring, yeah. um, get it branded, get it embroidered, get it embroidered in the same color where it's maybe not noticeable, but because it's branded, then it's a write-off. <laughs> yeah. Good tip. Very good tip. So what else do you have to share with us today as we wrap it up? So the big tip is, if, um, and this is probably the easiest way that sometimes business owners can see the investment. So when you're doing your bookkeeping, if you were to do it solo, 
it usually would take you four to six hours of commitment a month. So I want you to give yourself whatever your monthly or your hourly rate is. So right. the, uh, a, a patient came in and they were going to pay for a one hour session with you. What does that look like? Now multiply that by six hours because that's probably how long it'll take you. And that's if it's a regular size business, you know, not a ton of activity, yeah. just a standard. Um, and if that's you, then that's really the investment that you are looking to make. So is it worth it to you to spend? I'm, I'm guessing that there's nobody here whose rate is under $200 correct. just for the record. That would be correct. And so, so, that's already a $1,200 commitment. So $1,200 and you can get accounting services starting at $500 just as a market rate, you know, it might vary or whatever, but, but starting there. And I'm thinking you've got some wiggle room to bring a partner in to help you get it done, get it done, right. Have the accountability session and really work to making that that investment that you're putting in your accounting start working for you. And so what's interesting is that when, when you do that investment, you start seeing your profit increase. Exactly. Because now you're spending money in the right spaces yep. with the right knowledge. That's right. And, and so, it's giving you information that allows you not only have you saved money because you're now not, you know, you don't can't look at it as, oh, I'm adding this expense. No, you're actually reclaiming your time. Because yes. now you just take those four to six hours that you would have spent, you know, number crunching on your computer, adding in a, a meals and entertainment receipt for $3.15 because you bought a bag of peanuts or whatever. And now mm -hmm. you don't have to do any of that. Somebody else is skilled that can do that, import them from the bank, all the things that we do. And so when you get that time back, now you go, I'm going to go out and make $1,200 with my reclaimed time. And now mm -hmm. I have more than enough to pay for a partner. And I really want to emphasize that. I love that you use that word partner because I absolutely believe that a fi any financial professional should be your partner in business. Tax accountants aren't always your partner because you're only partnering with them once a year. Whereas a bookkeeper is really a good bookkeeper. A good firm is going to be your partner. And as Liz reminded us earlier, we were, she was talking about relational versus transactional. So having that partner to work with you not only allows you to be able to see where you're at profit-wise, profit but you're also then going to be able to, with the partner, see where you can even make more money. So now you get your $1,200 back, you're paying someone $500 and you're going to end up making an extra thousand because they just caught a bunch of subscriptions or something that you weren't even paying attention to. So it is a win-win-win all the way around every day of the week. It is. And the and the goal too is that once this happens, we can then take it a step further, right? We're not the ones building your wealth, but we start saying and you start building your team. You know, as a solopreneur, you know, you have a great community, Rhonda. You've 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 cult you cultivated such a great community and created a space where it's safe for people to share information. But not everybody has that. And sometimes we're just a little too warm when we want a little bit more intimacy. And yeah. so that's when you kind of start building that intimacy. You start building it with your bookkeeper and then you bring your tax account. And then yeah. we start talking about wealth building and we start bringing that third partner. And yeah. then maybe you're at a point where you're going to bring an employee and we start talking about what that looks like. So you're creating a space where you're not looking, and this might sound, but you're not looking to create or build or bring somebody in that's just going to do the data entry. That's not the right goal for you. If you're looking to grow it. Preach so it. So you want, yeah, you want to definitely get the person that's like, how can I invest in you? 
but also remembering that it's a two-way street. So there's only so much that your accounting team will be able to do if you decide to disengage, right? So right. it's definitely keeping you committed and engaged and keeping the team. So that dialogue has to be completely open. Sometimes we find that it gets to the point where like, oh, it's all good. They fixed a lot of stuff and it feels good. And I'm feeling good about it. And then it's just like, crickets and we're trying to chase them for three months and that's when that hey we're gonna find you at the state house my email is out um so maintaining that engagement throughout the process is really what gets you to the point where yes we've made it to wealth building and can we then start a new venture can we invest in real estate can we invest in can what I other buy my building can, can i yeah all yes. the things that you you might want to do but you can't do that if you're still running out of shoebox so to speak exactly yeah yeah liz I have loved this conversation. I think you've just provided so much value and hopefully new insight about how to really think about this financial piece, because it's essential. If you want to grow a business, a lot of practitioners will say to me, they, this is what I hear. I need help with my marketing. What that yeah. translates to is I think I need to be on social media. That is not marketing. But what you're really saying is I need more money. I need mm -hmm. more people. I need more revenue, but it might be that you've got enough revenue. Maybe you need more people too, but you may have enough revenue. You just may not be managing the outflow as best as you could because you can't see it. And once you yeah. see it, then you can manage it. You can't manage something that you can't see. So Liz, thank you so much for being on the podcast thank with you so me. Much. And I really do want to give just a huge shout out. How can any of my listeners get in touch with you if they want to learn more about having a relational partner, financial partner in their business? How's the best way for everyone to connect with you? Hey, listen, you guys can find us on Instagram at Cambiz Accounting, uh, and that's K-E-M-B-I-Z Accounting. Um and then our website, www.chembizsolutions.com. Okay. And we're so having a help, man. Chem Biz Accounting on social media, on Instagram. And then Chem Biz Accounting. Yes. Chem Biz Solutions. Solutions online. Yes. Dot com. I will link both of those in the show notes. And hopefully there will be um, some of the practitioners who are really ready to get serious about owning a business, growing a business and getting to that wealth management stage. Like, I love that. I love yes. that. So I would really encourage for any of you that are listening, absolutely reach out to Liz. She has just, uh, Liz and I met in a mastermind and uh, I've just watched her and seen her. And I said, this is my girl right here. This is my girl. So thank you again for being on the podcast. I so appreciate it. And is, you have any final words for us? Oh man, no, let's go build wealth together. Yeah, baby, let's do it. All right, thanks, Liz. <laughs> All right, have a Take good care. one. Take care, bye-bye. Well, what did you think about that? Are you super motivated and inspired to get someone on your team, a partner to help you really manage your bookkeeping? As I mentioned, I got myself into massive financial trouble and it was because I didn't have anyone guarding that part of my business or helping me kind of look over that. I wasn't, I didn't have anyone on my team. I wish I would have had Liz or someone like her to help me because it would have prevented me from getting into that situation. 
situation. So here's what I have for you. Number one, Liz provided a free resource that is your bookkeeping checklist. So for those of you that are like, I don't know, I'm ready to do that. I want to start kind of getting my stuff together and get it all organized so I'm not so embarrassed when I do reach out and get some help. So she has a checklist. You can find that in the show notes. It's just the um, bookkeeping checklist. So be sure that you go to the show notes and find that checklist. And then if you want to reach out to her, please do so. Her website is Kim, K-E-M, bizsolutions.com. K-E-M, Kim, bizsolutions.com. That's her website. And then if you want to find her, unfollow her on Instagram. That's awesome. Go to Kim Biz Accounting on Instagram. So I got those backwards a little bit on the podcast, but I got them right now. I'm looking at them right in front of me. So download the checklist and then go follow her on Instagram. I've already done it. Her posts are great. I love uh, what she has to say. And then please do me a favor get your finances under control. It is worth every bit of investment. Even if you're embarrassed, don't be. Because listen, she's seen this kind of shh before. So don't worry about what it looks like or whether you're super successful. Not It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just reach out and give her a call. I have no financial interest in this at all other than I care about you. I want you to be successful and finances are the gateway to our success and it helps so much if you have someone else that's watching the box for you. You don't have to be an expert in it. Let someone else be the expert. Let them help you. So go to kimbizsolutions.com to check in with Liz and or go to her Instagram and follow them at Kim Biz Accounting. All right, friends, thanks for being on the podcast. I get so many of you that reach out to me every week telling me how much you love the podcast, and it just warms my heart. So if you want to reach out, you always can. You can get us with your feedback. You can always leave a review of the podcast uh, wherever you listen, and we love that. And or you can just shoot me a message. Just send me an email at support at rondanelson.com. I'd really love to hear from you. All right, friends, take care. Uh, I'll talk to you next week on the Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast. Bye for now. Oh, 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 oh,